Martin, and uh, the welcome it is great to be with you. And in some ways, it's just good to be out. I think this is my um, second physical preaching, other than on our own church in uh, Queensway Chapel at Melcham, uh, since August last year, when I uh, travelled to do a little bit of preaching. Um, so good to uh, good to be here. We're going to read. If you have a, a Bible with you, you're going to read from. Uh, Acts chapter 19. I'm going to read it from the New Living Translation, and I understand probably many will be reading from the NIV, the New International Version. So I, pro- I apologize if it's slightly um, different, but hopefully it's still, uh, give, you're still able to follow along. Oh, it's on the screen. There we go. Um, oh, I said look, didn't I? Yeah, I, I, I wasn't sure. I've, I've come prepared. I, I've come prepared. I, you, you sent me a message, Acts 19. So I did message you earlier in the week and say, let's have a look at the prodigal son again. But um, I, I, I had Acts 19 sent to me on email, so I have prepared for that. Is that all right? I don't know. I, everything wasn't built around the prodigal son, was it? Because I love no. the songs anyway. That, that's, that's brilliant. That is great. No, I um, did an email before I had properly read what had been sent to me. Uh, so we're going to read from Acts 19. And uh, I'm going to read from uh, verse number 8 down to verse number 22, verse 8 down to verse 22, but reading from the New Living Translation. Then Paul went to the synagogue and preached boldly for the next three months, arguing persuasively about the kingdom of God. But some became stubborn, rejecting his message and publicly speaking against the way. So Paul left the synagogue and took the believers with him. Then he held daily discussions at the lecture hall of Tyrannus. This went on for the next two years, so that people throughout the province of Asia, both Jews and Greeks, heard the word of the Lord. God gave Paul the power to perform unusual miracles. When handkerchiefs or aprons that had merely touched his skin were placed on sick people, they were healed of their diseases and evil spirits were expelled. A group of Jews was traveling from town to town, casting out evil spirits. They tried to use the name of the Lord Jesus in their incantations, saying, I command you in the name of Jesus, whom Paul preaches, to come out. Seven sons of Sceva, a leading priest, were doing this. But one time when they tried it, the evil spirit replied, I know Jesus and I know Paul, but who are you? Then the man with the evil spirit leaped on them, overpowered them, and attacked them with such violence that they fled from the house naked and battered. The story of what happened spread quickly all through Ephesus to Jews and Greek like. A solemn fear descended on the city, and the name of the Lord Jesus was greatly honored. Many who became believers confessed their sinful practices. A number of them who had been practicing sorcery, brought their incantation books and burned them at a public bonfire. The value of the books was several million dollars. So the message about the Lord spread widely and had powerful effect. Afterward, Paul felt compelled by the Spirit to go over to Macedonia and Achaia before going to Jerusalem. After that, he said, I must go on to Rome. He sent two assistants, Timothy and Erastus, ahead to Macedonia while he stayed a while longer in the province of Asia. Well, I know Stevie has uh, prayed for me, but let's pray again. Let's just uh, bow our heads and our hearts and ask God to really illuminate our hearts and minds. Lord, we thank you for your word. It is powerful. It is sharper than a two-edged sword. It is 
we know, the sword of the Spirit. And we pray, Lord, that you might wield it in our hearts and lives, that today, this morning, we might hear your voice, that we might respond to your word. Lord, that our hearts might rise up in faith, that we might be encouraged, that we might be strengthened and emboldened to be your people and to share your word. And Lord, we long to see something of what happened in the book of Acts happen in our own day. We pray that you would help us be a people of faith, who walk by faith, live by faith, who step out in faith, trusting that you have gone ahead of us. So lead us as we think about your word. Bless it to us in Jesus' name. Amen. We are in the middle of this uh, uh, period when Paul... Um, in the book of Acts has come to Ephesus and um, don't want to presume uh, too much knowledge. Sometimes I think preachers uh, presume. We, we do it. I do it myself all the time. We've got a little group who have been through Alpha and we're continuing on an online Bible study course with them on Thursday evenings at the moment. And um, my, my wife used a phrase, and it could just as easily have, uh, have been me, but my wife used a phrase, well, just as it was with the priests in the line of Aaron... And I'm, I'm kind of thinking, I think there are probably some people on this call who have no idea what the line of error is. It's a kind of Christian thing. And um, one of the things that I think Paul demonstrates, demonstrates brilliantly in his preaching in Acts is he takes the word of God, which is unchangeable and unchanging, and he applies it in the culture and the context in a language and a form that people can get their heads around. You see him do that in, in Athens when he debates and then he goes on to Corinth and he wants to preach Christ crucified and resurrected, as he says in 1 Corinthians 15. And then here he comes to Ephesus, this great city, this multicultural um, business city, and he's preaching the word of God. You know, um, we use language that can be a barrier to people and... Um, I'm all for using biblical language, but I think we need to explain it. My, my younger brother, uh, who's called Foster, um, now lives in Hereford. He met a Hereford girl at our wedding uh, a number of years ago, and eventually they married. And Foster is one of the elders at the church that we were involved in in the city of Hereford before we moved down to Wiltshire. And Foster was telling me about, and we were laughing about it, but it just reminded us of this um, evangelical jargon, this Christian language that we use. And um, they were at an event um, by, um, I can't remember the name of the group, but Christian bodybuilders are quite a well-known group. They, they kind of travel around and they can lift people in the air in the open air. I don't know if you do that, Stevie, do you lift these pe people in the, up in the open air? And uh, Tough Talk, that's the name of the group. So we had Tough Talk, this group of Christians. Some of them had uh, been on drugs. One of them had been the world uh, bodybuilding champion. And, and they had great testimonies and a great story. They did an open air. And then they invited people to an evening event. And at the evening event, they asked people if they would be willing to give their lives to Christ. And um, then they invited those to come forward just to be prayed for. My brother was one of the counselors, and he went forward to pray with a group of men who had come forward. And he asked them quite simply, and he told me later on, he said, I asked these men, well, when, when did you make a commitment? Just now? And the guy looked at him, 
and said, no, no, I made a commitment this afternoon. And, and my brother was so thrilled. He thought this guy got converted, got saved in the open air. You made a commitment this afternoon? Yeah, I made a commitment. Well, what happened? He said, well, I heard them invite us here tonight. And in my heart, I made a commitment to be here. And um, Foster realized that he was using the word making a commitment in a way that this person didn't understand it. And Paul is brilliant at spending time. There are key elements. And the first element that I want to touch on, if we're going to be successful in mission, that's what we see happen here in Ephesus. If we're going to see success, if we're going to see fruitfulness, of course it's God's work. But one of the things is time. Time. It takes time. I think one of the key elements of successful Christian ministry and the successful work of a local church is consistent, faithful presence. Consistent, faithful presence. We uh, have two dogs. I only uh, ever intended to have one dog. In fact, I had only ever intended to have one cat. But... Um, uh, we've got a family full of girls. We said, oh, please, Dad, oh, please, Dad. So we've had hamsters and rabbits. Um, one of the rabbits died sadly. It was the day after I'd sprayed the weeds in the garden. I was a little concerned. <laughs> I genuinely was a little concerned it was something to do with me. I'm not at all sure whether it was or not. My girls don't know. It's not being recorded, is it? My girls don't know. <laughs> don't know that but we've got two dogs we actually had one dog and my wife thought it would be a great idea to pay, pray, uh, pay for our summer holiday by getting her into litter getting her with pups and selling off the pups two years ago Maggie got pregnant and had a litter of pups two were stillborn one lasted 12 hours two survived I did say to the girls you're going to have to draw lots to see who's not coming on holiday because <laughs> Holiday was booked, and we couldn't pay for it all, two puppies. So um, anyway, we, they did all come again. But uh, we sold these two puppies, 500 pounds each. I mean, now, they're Sprocker Spaniels. Now, 1,000 pounds is unbelievable, the price that dogs are going for. Well, we sold these two puppies. We went off on holiday, and um, we were out in, uh, in a camping site in Italy. And while we were there, we started getting 10 messages from one of these uh, owners. There's something wrong with this dog. Oh, dear. Um, he's got behavioural issues. We thought, well, he's only nine weeks old or whatever it was, you know, then they pick him up at eight weeks or something. So he's, you know, he's, of course he's got behavioural issues. He's a puppy. Uh, and then he, the, the next day we had a message saying, I, I've got a building at the vet. And then the next day we had a message and I said, he's softening us up to bring this dog back. The next day there was a message saying, he is completely deaf. And right enough, little Pippin, full of a took, if you know your Lord of the Rings. Little Pippin, as we've called him, uh, came back, totally deaf. And so we walked Pippin and Maggie on our dog field, a little meadow near us. And we were walking yesterday, uh, Rachel and I, in the afternoon. And we walked the whole circuit with a lady. And I don't know why, but, but in the conversation, we talked about Queensway Chapel, the church where we're uh, in fellowship. And, and she didn't say anything about that. And then as we came towards the end of the loop, she said, I used to go to Queensway Chapel. I used to go to Sunday school there at least, she said, 45 years ago. And it opened up a door of conversation. You see, faithful, consistent presence being there. And Paul at Ephesus is not driven out 
There's been a potential riot. It's all been quelled. And Paul is able to carry on a fruitful and effective mission at Ephesus. And they stayed, verse 10, for at least two years, hiring a local lecture hall. And then it goes on to say, this went on for the next two years so that people throughout the province of Asia, both Jews and Greeks, heard the word of the Lord. Sometimes we want quick results and of course God can save people, transform them in a moment. But I want to encourage you here at Great Parks Chapel that your faithful, consistent presence with the desire to make Jesus known, with a vision and a conviction to make disciples as you preach the gospel, that God will add blessing to it. Do not give up because there are seasons when there is a lack of fruit. I believe that during this pandemic, there has been a new season. We talked about 25% of people in the UK accessing online, not just Christian, but Christian or religious material. That says to me that people are searching. There's been a questioning in people's hearts. The Bible makes it clear that God has placed eternity in the hearts of men. He's put eternity and eternal realities in our hearts. And people get burdened about these issues and they start to think about them. I think we should be hugely encouraged to keep on keeping on. Don't give up. Don't stop. Be faithful. Be consistent. And be present. The second thing that we see here about Paul in Ephesus is that... Um, there were no cultural boundaries. Verse 10, we've read, and further down in verse 17, we read the story of what happened spread quickly all through Ephesus. So Jews and Greeks alike heard what was happening. A solemn fear descended on the city. No cultural boundaries. No barriers of culture, color, religion, or race. God is inviting all to come to him through Jesus. I am the way the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And Paul preached without regard to color or creed or race or religion. All were welcome to come and explore the gospel and to discover the truth about Jesus Christ. There were no geographic borders either. We've, we've been reading that Paul and his team we're in this region, Kilakaya, but it says that um, right throughout Asia, it's Asia Minor. But then Paul has also heard this call to come across to Europe. We're thrilled to be involved in counties in a church planting program called M4. Uh, it's nothing to do with the, the motorway, but it's um, to do with a, a way of understanding the Great Commission that God has called us to um, to to follow him. He said, all authority in heaven and earth is given to me. And M1 is master. Jesus is a master overseeing the mission field. It's interesting, isn't it? He says to his disciples when they meet the woman at the well uh, in, in John chapter 4, and Jesus has ministered to her, and she has discovered that Jesus is the Messiah, and she's put her trust in him, and she's realized that the life she has led has been empty and meaningless compared to now what she's found in Jesus Christ. And she goes into the, the village and we, we, she's out of sight, out of mind in John 4. We don't know what's happening. But the disciples, they've missed the whole thing and they come along and they offer Jesus food. They've been out doing the, um, the weekly grocery shop and Jesus said, no, I've got food that you don't need anything about. And they wondered, well, what, what have we missed? And he said, look, lift up your eyes. Lift up your eyes. The fields are ripe. 
and ready for harvest. And you know, I, I think there was a moment in which he said that, that they looked up and coming out of the edge of their Sumerian village there was a group of people. And at the front of that group of people was a woman. And this woman had had her life transformed just a few moments before. And she'd gone into the village. She'd told everybody what Christ had done for her. And as Jesus said, lift up your eyes. I reckon that there was sort of heads and bodies and arms and legs popping up over the brow of the hill. And wandering down to the well where Jesus and his disciples were standing. Lift up your eyes. There's a harvest. There's a harvest. And Paul was prepared to go wherever the opportunity took him. In fact, we, we read here that he says to the people of Ephesus, look, I'm, I'm going to go to Macedonia and Achaia before going back to Jerusalem. But after that, I intend to get to Rome. And in fact, when he writes the letter to the church in Rome, he tells them that his desire is to go to Spain. So Paul is con constantly saying, I want to keep on moving and taking this gospel. Go into all the world and preach the gospel. And the Lord is the master of the harvest field. But also he calls us to the mission, the gospel. Preach this gospel in all the world. And thirdly, make disciples. The master, the mission, make disciples, which is multiplication. And we'll be part of a movement until I come. We should expect God to keep doing what he has always done. God, the, the Bible says in a, that lovely King James translation, it says, is the arm of the Lord too short that he cannot save? The people are so far down, so broken, so low, so lost. Do you think that God's arm is short that he can't reach them? Brothers and sisters, we need to take this into our hearts. There is no one beyond the saving grace of Jesus Christ. There is no one beyond the reach of the death and resurrection of Jesus. God is not willing, writes Peter, that anyone should perish. This is a great gospel. And Paul saw no boundaries, cultural or geographic boundaries. He continued to push on. And we see this throughout the book of, throughout the book of Acts. So I'm going to take my neckerchief off. No, I don't need to have it on my face. Um, I'll put that back on later on but throw out the book of acts you see key moments key people that god saves so the gospel can go further the ethiopian eunuch this treasurer this chancellor of the exchequer of the great ethiopian queen candace earlier in the book of acts he's converted you know the the, the tradition of a church in ethiopia a believing church in ethiopia goes right back to the middle of the first century and undoubtedly to this Ethiopia who comes and trusts Jesus as Philip teaches him. There are traveling business people, Aquila and Priscilla. He's traveling business people, tent makers. And you know, wherever the Roman army are going, wherever there's a new campaign, wherever there's a need for new tents and cloth, off they go. They follow the business opportunity. But what do they do as they go? They start a business and they see people come to faith in Christ. They school and train Apollos, and he becomes a great teacher, better schooled, better instructed under them, traveling, consti constantly moving, deliberate evangelism, mission teams under the Apostle Paul with strategic goals, Achaia, Europe, Greece, Rome, Spain, 
Brothers and sisters, let's lift up our eyes. Let's not just think about what God wants us to do here in the region of Great Parks and in Painton and in this part of Devon. God has a mission field and he's calling us to continue to reach out. It may be that he brings people from across the globe into our orbit and they come to Christ and then he takes them on to reach others with the gospel. So um, as I draw towards a, a conclusion, just three or four things. What was the growth in Ephesus and are there any things that we can learn from what Paul experiences here? Did you notice that um, strange uh, set of verses, verse 11 and 12? God gave Paul the power to perform unusual miracles. And then there's this verse. When handkerchiefs or aprons that had merely touched his skin were placed on sick people, they were healed of their diseases and evil spirits were expelled. Question, does God still do this? Does anybody want my neckerchief? It's a... Oh, I have. Good call. Good call. I wouldn't. I don't know what you might get from it. Hopefully not COVID. I'm double dosed. But, uh, um, but it's a strange verse, isn't it? But it. But Luke, um, who's recording the Book of Acts, we know that Luke is the author under inspiration of the Holy Spirit. He says that they're unusual miracles. So even amongst the apostles, what Paul was seeing happen was unusual. It wasn't normal it was extraordinary does god still do it i've um occasionally watched some of the uh, christian television there's some good stuff some good teaching on there but in with it is mixed a lot of very strange and um uh problematic teaching stuff that i would say is not particularly helpful and i remember watching one guy a few years ago um and you could support his ministry by buying handkerchiefs that he had touched and i thought this is really unusual. Luke says it's unusual. I'm not quite sure that me buying your handkerchief will do much more than continue to support your television-based ministry. I'm not sure I would encourage people to trust receiving your handkerchief to receive healing. Put that on one side. It's unusual, extraordinary, not the norm. But on the other side, let's not throw out the reality, the possibility, even the likelihood God is a God who saves, who transforms, and who heals. God does heal. He can heal. It's not beyond him to heal. So whilst these things were unusual, God is still the God who can move by his spirit and change things through a, a, a miracle. And whilst we don't see that normally in our circumstances today, it is something that is being experienced in some parts of the world where people are much more spiritually aware and God does things. And maybe we should be a little bit more humble to say, Lord, would you move amongst us? Don't let us rule God's miraculous intervention out by a theology that becomes too narrow or tight. So um, a few years ago, I was at the Three Counties Agricultural Show we had a Christian outreach uh, witness on the showground at the uh, very large show that took place there. One of our uh, team leaders was from Gloucester City Mission, a lovely guy from a Pentecostal background, and um, uh, he was working as part of the team, and someone came in and was um, really hobbling and struggling, and my friend said to him, 
what's the problem? And he said, well, it's my knee. He said, I, I fought in the Falklands and I had shrapnel in my knee and my knee gets very, very stiff and very, very painful. And um, my friend said, could I pray for you? That's a lovely thing to offer, isn't it? Could I pray for you? To which this man said, yes. And then he looked at his wife and he said, though I don't think she would like it. And his, his wife said, well, I, I'm a spiritist. She was in touch with what I would say are evil spirits, was misleading, misguided, and leading people astray. Well, my friend said, well, God loves spiritists too, so if you're happy, I'll just pray. And he prayed, and he prayed for the man that God would intervene in his life, that God would reveal Jesus to him, and that God would touch his knee. And that God would heal his knee so that he was able to enjoy the showground that day without limping, without pain. And that it would be a testimony that Jesus Christ is truly Lord. That's a lovely letter. You know, the man stood up and went, well, I never. And he, he started flexing his knees. And, uh, and then he looked at his wife and he said, well, what does that tell us about who Jesus is? Now, I was telling that story to our next door neighbor um, because it was unusual. I, I, it's not been my experience. Those of you who know me know I grew up in the gospel halls and the Brethren Assemblies in Northern Ireland. Those things definitely did not happen among us. And they've been very unusual in my experience too. But we had a, a couple living next to us, John and Edna in Hereford, and I was telling them in our little house group that met in their house, John was not a believer. Edna was trying to follow Jesus, but was struggling in many ways. We didn't really know where she was. And um, she, she was telling her this story, and she said, well, I, I fell and hurt my back, and right enough, she wasn't moving. I fell and hurt my back. You, could, could you pray for me? And there's a room full of people, and Rachel and I panickingly looked at one another. It's all right telling someone else's story, what God with someone else. But Edna said, could you pray for me? And she wriggled forward on her chair and said, you can put your hand on my back. Oh, my word. This little brethren boy went over with his wife. We sat on one arm each of the armchair, put our hands on her back, and she started to grunt and groan. Ooh, ooh, she said, ooh. I thought, it's a bit embarrassing. The room full of football. And she said, oh, well, I never... Well, I never, she said, and she stood up. Now, brothers and sisters, that's not at the level of healing cancer and remarkable deep stuff. But I do believe that if we take little steps of faith, God will show up to do one thing and one thing alone. What is it? It's not for healing's sake. It's for the Lordship of Christ's sake. Jesus is Lord. And Whenever miracles took place in the book of Acts, they were simply for this reason, to demonstrate the lordship of Christ so that people might be drawn to him to put their faith and trust in him and believe in him as Savior and receive him as Christ, Savior and Lord. So I, I share that with you, not to kind of push a particular doctrinal view, but just to say, look, if the Lord of Christ is at stake, and if, as there was in the tent at the Day show, a spiritual conflict between the spiritist world and the Lordship of Jesus, let's expect that God may show up. 
And we see that conflict in the spiritual realm, this group of Jews traveling from time to time, casting out evil spirits, trying to use the name of the Lord Jesus. You know, God's work is neither imitation nor incantation. You just can't copy what you see and think that will be, be all right. It's got to be a matter of the heart. It's got to be about a life transformed from the inside out. It's a life surrendered to Jesus. It's the Holy Spirit coming and transforming and changing us to be more like Christ. It's not about imitation. They copied what they saw, but it needs the power of God. And they copied what they heard said, incantation. It says that they used the words in the incantation. I command you in the name of Jesus, whom Paul preaches, to come out. But spiritual reality is not about repeatable words. It's one of the reasons why fellowships like, like yours here and like those that I also have grown up in and minister in mostly, why we don't often repeat prayers. I, I have no problem, by the way, with repeating and saying the Lord's Prayer. Quite happy for that to happen on occasion. But one of the reasons why it's not done every week as a matter of rote is because there's no magic in the words. And I think it's important for us to recognize it's not about incantation, like saying certain words bring certain outcomes. And so these uh, Jewish um, traveling band healers were trying to incant or use the name of Jesus. And it was stunning what happened. An evil spirit said, Paul I know, Jesus I know, but who on earth are you? And set upon them, and they ran out naked and battered. What did that lead to? It led to people fearing that God was real, that Jesus was Lord, and that what Paul was preaching was true. And it led to new fruit. And you see, that's why, that's why this is so important to understand how God intervenes, why he intervenes. And brothers and sisters and friends here, if our focus, our heart, our desire is to preach the gospel and make Jesus known, to see people come to him, then God will accompany us on that mission. Because, you know, go into all the world and preach the gospel and lo, I am with you always. And as the old preachers used to say, no go, no low. If you don't go and get on with what Christ has asked you to do, don't expect his presence to be with you as you go. So we need to go and be about what God has called us to be. And the conflict that came about brings clarity. Jesus is Lord. Paul and his team are known by the spirits. And in verse 17, Jesus' name is greatly honored. And finally, it leads to numbers of people coming to faith in Christ. Verse 17, the story of what happened spread quickly all through Ephesus to Jews and Greeks alike. A solemn fear descended on the city and the name of the Lord Jesus was greatly honored. Is that what we want? We want to see Jesus' name lifted up. We want to see his name honored. We want to see people bow the knee to his lordship. We've been singing about it. Many who became believers confessed their sinful practice. There was a genuine repentance, a turning from sinful lifestyles, and a demonstration of that took place publicly. They gathered together these sorcery arts and books and, um, and uh, antiquities, and they put them in a public bonfire, and they burnt them. The value of the books of the New Living Translation was several million dollars. We, we don't know exactly the cost, but 
um, 5,000 denarii, I think is what the NIV says, something like that. And one denarii is a day's wages. 5,000 days wages. This is remarkable. Of course, that leads to um, a change in Ephesus. It leads to a riot. And we should expect opposition. We should expect opposition. But it's why Paul, when he writes to the church at Ephesus, he encourages them, you're in spiritual warfare. Therefore, put on the full armor of God because we're involved, we're engaged in spiritual warfare. May God help us to have courage, as Paul and his team did, to be bold. You know, it's, it's a key element in the book of Acts. Whenever there was opposition, they prayed. You know the British prayer, the church, the Western church has a prayer, and it goes like this, God keep us safe. The first century church had a different prayer. It was in the face of their threats, God make us bold. Different, isn't it? May God help us to pray the prayer of boldness so that we can go onto the streets, into the towns, into the highways and the byways and compel people to come in, preaching the gospel with clarity and conviction and expecting that God might accompany our preaching with his intervening Holy Spirit. Let me pray and then I'll hand back to Stevie to bring our service to a close. Father, we thank you for the word of God. We thank you that it is your power to see those who believe. Lord, if there's anyone here today who has not yet surrendered their need to Christ and acknowledged that Jesus Christ is Lord, I pray that even through the uh, preaching of your word here today that they may come and acknowledge and confess their sin and trust Christ as Savior and Lord. Father, we thank you for the accompanying power of your Holy Spirit, the convicting indwelling spirit who accompanied the preaching of Paul. And Lord, we confess we need the power of your spirit to accompany our words. Lord, we don't want to be uh, sounding gongs or clanging cymbals. Lord, may we love you with all our heart, soul, strength, and mind. And may we love our neighbors as we love ourselves. That as we reach out with the message of love, it may be accompanied by reality of expression. And, Lord, that you would draw people to yourself. Lord, bless this fellowship. Thank you for each person here. And we lift one another to you, asking your blessing in Jesus' name. Amen.